Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be interviewing Ben Worthen from MessageLab.com. Ben is the CEO of MessageLab. He has spent the last several years combining journalism, data, and design to help organizations create content that resonates with real people. In 2007, he joined the Wall Street Journal, where he covered the tech industry and more, wrote more than 50 page one stories. Before Message Lab, Ben was editor in chief at Ready State and head of content at Sequoia Capital. Ben, thanks so much for joining us. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. All right. So, you got quite a background. What does Message Lab do? Well, so we help our clients try to reach people during non-sales moments. And, 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 and that's a little wonky, but if you sort of think about the world of interactions that you can have with people, for most companies, you know, revenue comes from selling something. And so marketing communications is often geared towards, you know, trying to sell or talking about your products or talking about your company. Um, whereas most people in the world, most of the time, you know, we aren't, we're people, we're not customers. We don't want to buy something, you know, uh, we want to buy something 10% of the time, 20% of the time, maybe if we're like super consumers. Uh, but most of the time we just want to be, you know, uh, entertained or informed or to spend time thinking about something we're passionate about. And, and, and companies tend not to know how to reach people in those moments. Um, what we believe is that, if you're able to have a meaningful interaction with someone in that in that moment, if you're not saying, "Hey, Seth, um, you know, here's this thing I want you to buy," you know, ten percent off, you know, ten um, percent off a hotel room, and you're like, "Well, I'm not traveling anytime soon," you know, um, you know, if instead I'm just saying, like, "Hey, you know, um, you know, here's some cool pictures of beautiful beaches you might want to visit someday," you know, or things like that, you know, you just expand greatly the number of moments that you can have a meaningful engagement with someone. And in that, um, what we believe is that if you build that relationship with someone, if you make someone a repeat customer of your ideas, then over time, they're more likely to become a customer. Or if they're already one, they'll become a better, more loyal one. Um, so it, now they didn't answer your question about what do we do? Um, I merely said, what do we believe? Um, but we make stuff. <laughs> it's kind of what we do. And, you know, drawing from journalism, you mentioned, you know, you gave that nice little bio. Thank you for that. You know, but when you're a reporter, you know, the onus is on you. you success, your success is driven by, are you able to tell a story that, you know, people find interesting? 
are you able to tell a story that people find credible, um, authoritative, you know, those kinds of things. And, and if, and if you sort of look across the, the marketing advertising world, you know, those are oftentimes the things where companies fall in short, you know, it's hard to, to, to say something interesting if you're just talking about yourself. What's the real story the way a journalist would tell it? How does something become interesting because it's interesting? Um, how is it credible? Man, do so many companies have a credibility problem, right? Um, or authoritative. And so we use that journalistic toolkit that we developed at places like the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, Forbes, and so forth, um, combined with a lot of other things. And, and we help our clients create content, stories, videos, whatever you want to call it, um, that, that do that. And that, that our goal is to make something that people choose to pay attention to, not because it's the thing that's in their feed and they have to flick by it to see something else, um, but because it's interesting, because it's valuable to them. That makes a lot of sense. Can you give us some examples? You've got some incredible case studies on your website. Can you give us an example of one or two of what they, what they wanted you to do, what they kind of were struggling with, what they hired you for, what you were able to create for them and kind of that magical transformation that you've been able to create so many times? Yeah. So, you know, one of, one of the examples it's on our website is we were working with a company called GoDaddy, which, you know, everybody probably thinks about probably world's biggest domain, right? Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. And, and that's how you know them. Right. And, you know, and they, and they came up with this great research project where they wanted to figure out, well, what is the impact of, um, you know, people who have these little online businesses, you know, and I'm not, and not, not, um, not some, not a big website, but you know, the, the sort of the, the increasingly the person who's selling candles as a side hustle out of their basement and they advertise them online. Right. Or, or the, the sort of the, the person who isn't yet registered with the city as an official business, but they have a home business that's advertised over the web. Um, what's, what's the economic impact of that? And they had like just some really cool data. Um, that showed that sure enough, you know, these people have, you know, that there is a, you know, median income in a community rises when there's more of these people as an example and things like that. Um, but how do you get that through as a message, right? You know, you don't, if you just put out a press release and you're like, you know, um, you know, median, median income rises according to GoDaddy study, you know, uh, so many people have seen and ignored a version of that press release. And so, you know, so we worked with them in order to come up to, to sort of try to find what are the stories that we can tell. And, and, and so in one of them, for instance, there's this, we followed the data, you know, we were like, okay, well, here's what's, what's the outlier community. We found this town called Fairfield, Iowa, which for whatever reason has um, a higher density of these you know, entrepreneurs than, than almost any city in the country. This is like a small 10,000 person town in Iowa, and, right? And GoDaddy has more customers there than anywhere yeah. else. And almost anywhere else as a concept, as per capita, right? As it turns out. And, and economically, this town is like an outlier in this, you know, farm region of Iowa in terms of what is the household media income and all of that. And so what we did is we went there and we did a story about how the folks there were adapting to COVID. This was sort of, you know, and, and so, but, but the magic that we brought was, we found this guy, Jim Masterson, whose business is massaging horses, you know, and he's got this patented. Okay. I didn't know there were horse masseuses. Well, and aren't you interested? You know, and, and when the pandemic hit, he had to figure out how to massage a horse online. And um, so <laughs> all of a sudden. He's telling people how, hey, put your hand here and do this. Yeah. And so look, so all of a sudden what we've done is we've, we've taken this, you know, story this this story that that 
you know, coming out of the corporate research is average household median income increases by $1,400 if you have a high concentration of this. And we're saying like, hey, do you want to read about how to massage a horse online? You know, and, and, and yes, you know, the substance of the message that we're delivering is the same, but, you know, we're humanizing it. We're finding real people out in the world. Um, and, and we're, you know, we're, we're, we're making it more interesting and more engaging and we're creating new ways to reach people that don't exist, you know, unless you kind of go out and take that step. That makes a lot of sense. And then what type, so how did you, if, how did you get help GoDaddy get the word out about this content? And then what was the kind of consumption and response? Yeah, well, so um, I will use a different example, if that's okay, uh, pivot yes. here to another one. But yeah, because my next question after those was going to be, that's GoDaddy, they're the 800-pound gorilla, they're a giant company, do you have one for something more smaller? Yeah, well, so so a lot of our clients are um, big companies, it's just sort of a function of the kind of work that we do, um, but, but they're not stories that are necessarily accessible to anyone. You know, oftentimes what we'll deal with in the case of a B2B company, for instance, is, you know, um, you know, I always use the example of, of my mom. Um, she loves me dearly. And if I let her know that I worked on something, she's going to spend time looking at it. And you know what she's not going to do? Buy a million dollars worth of business software, you know? <laughs> um, and so, you know, oftentimes if you're just trying to think about total readership, um, like the numbers, you know, we got a million people to read this article. It, it, it kind of doesn't matter. And oftentimes it can be a signal that you're doing it wrong. We had one client where they, they, um, they had, uh, they do analytics software and they had an article about the difference between causation and correlation. And they would get, and they rank number one in Google and they get tens of thousands of visits, you know, per month even, but they were all coming from like intro psych majors in college, you know, none of whom were people who were going to buy anything from them. Right. So, uh, so, so we, we feel, and this is part of what we believe, like we truly believe that the kind of storytelling that we want to do, right. And about the guy doing horse massage in Iowa is going to open up a new vector of opportunity of, of, of ways to engage people that is going to pay off for our clients. But you know, we also recognize that we live in a world where marketing has become so performance-based and measurable. And so, you know, if you have people who are selling coupons and they come up and they say, hey, we spent a million dollars on Facebook coupons and we got, you know, we sold $5 million worth of product, we can't have our clients walk into that same meeting and be like, we wrote this awesome story, you know? <laughs> um, you know, so, so what we have tried to do is use data to be able to show the relationships between people who read our content and, and the outcomes that matter to the client. So now what's hard about that is, again, no one is going to read in the case of a B2B software company, an article about, um, you know, how do you structure your organization in light of new AI capabilities or something like that? You know, that's an article that's designed to appeal to someone who might be in the C-suite, you know, someone who is thinking about organizational design matters um, and so forth. And that person is not going to click on a link at the bottom of the story to buy now or sign up for a free trial or something like that, right? Um, so, so what we tend to try to measure instead is did those did people who read that content over time behave differently than people who didn't. Uh, and so we will look at things like um, when, you, when you assess your pool of people who became a qualified lead, you know, what percentage of them had previously read our content? 
did those people convert at a higher rate than people who hadn't, you know, and we'll see things like, you know, two to four X, the conversion rate for people who've read our content, or we'll look at things like um, 1% of people, actually less than 1% of people in this one client's case who had read one piece of content went on to become a lead, but 9% of people who'd seen three pieces of content went on to become a lead. And it was got high and incrementally and incrementally it went up by the time someone has seen 15 pieces of content, they're highly likely to become a lead, right? And, and, so, and so we look at that uh, and we try to bring that thinking and that approach to using data and analytics around content uh, to the work that we do in order to demonstrate for our clients that like, yes, this is not art. This is, this is, this is something that's contributing in a meaningful way to your communications and marketing strategy. That is awesome. So who is an ideal client for you? For us, it is um, someone who is ambitious, someone who recognizes that this is a marathon, not a sprint, to use a cliche. Um, there is no such thing as creating one piece of content and then sitting back and waiting for the results. Um, you know, the thing that we can commit to is not to say we're going to double your number of leads you're getting, but what we can commit to is saying that if you if you are on board with making content over time, if you're thinking about um, how do people engage with it digitally? How do we get it in front of people? Uh, how do we get people in the organization to become, you know, sponsors and users and promoters of the content that we're making? You know, um, if we're training them to understand, hey, you're a salesperson, like, you know, a lot of the times you're gonna have a conversation with someone and Seth is gonna say like, that's great, I don't wanna buy. Um, instead of sending them the product brochure, what if you just send them the, the thing that talks about that problem that they said that they were having, you know, and how did someone like them solve a problem they can relate to? Um, so training people on that kind of stuff. Um, and then if you're willing to also put in place the instrumentations that you can learn from what you're doing, um, what we can commit to is saying like, hey, we're just going to get better over time. We're going we're gonna to see what works. We're going to do some things that work and do some things that don't. We're going to stop doing the things that don't work. Uh, we're going to keep doing the things that do work and we're going to try some new stuff too. And, and over time, when we do that, and those new things, by the way, are going to be like, where are the CTAs placed? Where's the email newsletter sign up? Um, what happens if we promote things this way over social? Um, what ideas should we be writing about? Should we be doing interviews with prominent people or should we be doing videos? You know, um, you know, if we just kind of churn through that over time, you're that's that's when it's going to make a difference. And so that's the kind of person who we're looking for, someone who, who, who sort of is drawn to that kind of approach, and and frankly, sort of feels that the way their organization is talking about itself right now is incomplete in this new kind of world that we're living. That that makes a lot of sense. Is there a particular company? I mean, because obviously you've worked with some bigger companies. Yeah. Is there a normal? Is there an ideal company size and industry? Um. Uh. I I I'm not asking you to disclose pricing, but is there a range of budget they need in order yeah. to like for our those listeners are, who want to work are, with you? Those are good questions. So I would say, um, I don't. I I think our stuff works for anybody. Um, in terms of industry. Um, I, the caveat I would say is that if you are someone where a lot of your business is going from impulse buys, you know, we're probably, you know, we're, we're about trying to sort of win people over, you know, breed, you know, loyalty, 
you know, consideration, um, you know, building a long-term relationship. And so it's probably not worth, you know, to sell chewing gum to do what we do. Right. Um, because people are willing to just, you know, click on a link, best chewing gum, 99 cents. You got to try it or, or, you know, those, that pair of socks, that kind of thing. Right. Um, but, but, but anything where you, where you sort of think of your sales cycle as one that requires multiple conversations, multiple touch points, um, a, a thoughtful approach, um, and you want to reach people and you think that you can benefit from, you know, having the people who come to your store, whether it's, you know, a virtual store or not one as, as, as sort of a relationship. Right. Um, so that's who we would work for. And then from a budget standpoint, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think unfortunately the reality that what we do requires a, you know, commitment from a budget standpoint. And so it's hard to do what we do for less than six figures, for example. And, and our biggest clients are, you know, uh, well above that, you know, um, in the million dollar plus range. And obviously you have to be a company of a certain scale in order to be able to justify that kind of investment in content marketing. Um, but, but I think, you know, our belief is that to get results, it's not merely going off and making an asset. Um, it's, it's making a bunch of assets making assets that stand out because there's so much content out there right now. There's so much noise that you have to work harder than ever to be a signal, but then also having a sound strategy for how you put it to use, understanding how are you going to reach your audience? How are you going to measure success? What are the things that you want people to do? What kind of user journey are you creating with this content? Um, you know, and, and, and beginning to it, we always say, you know, you think about a program, not a bunch of assets, you know, how do you put it to work and what's the job that you're asking them to do? And then what is the first step you would want someone who fit those criteria to take to learn more about you or start that process? I mean, you, the best way to find us is to go to messagelab.com and, you know, uh, and you can, you can figure out how to contact us and all of that. Um, you can certainly look me up, uh, Ben Worthen, um, LinkedIn, just type Ben Worthen into LinkedIn and I'll be the one who comes up there. Or you can type my name into Google and I'll probably be the first person who comes up there as well. You can type message lab into Google if you don't want to remember the .com part of it too. Awesome. Well, we know your time's incredibly valuable. We greatly appreciate it. This has been Seth Green with Ben Worthen from Message Labs. Ben, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks everybody for watching or listening. We'll talk to you or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.